Hare Krishna, welcome to this Bhagavad Gita class and today's topic is chapter 3, text 39. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Ajnanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya, Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha, Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale, Swayam Rupahakadamahyam Dadatisva Padantikam, Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha, Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Mitam Tamsajivam, Sadvaitam Savadhutam, Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Shri Radha Krishna Padan, Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha, He Krishna Karuna Sindho, Dina Bandho Jagatpate, Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute, Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye, Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripasindhubhya Evacha, Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namon Namaha, Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale, Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine, Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine, Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine, Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advaita Gadadhar, Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So welcome to this Bhagavad Gita class. So we have not done a session on the Bhagavad Gita for a long time. We have been doing many series. We have, de- we have done the Strengthening Foundations and the Nectar of Instruction. Then it was uh, Narasimha Leela. Then uh, Shloka Learning Course, Ritvik Webinars. Then we have the Sri Shopanishad. And now we are coming back to Bhagavad Gita. Actually, we, I have more... Um, uh, plans of doing more series like on the Panchatattva, just a second, on the Panchatattva and on the Six Goswamis and also on many Vaishnava songs that are there. So, I want to do sessions on that as well. So, I am thinking like seven days in the week. So, um, like maybe one day for the songs, one day for the Bhagavad Gita class, one day for the, you know, like that. I'm, just thinking like that. So, in the meantime, we will just go through the Bhagavad Gita. And uh, we have many people here online. Thank you very much for coming on from India, from from Hungary, from uh, Singapore, Malaysia. We have from Kolkata as well. So, thank you all for coming on. And uh, actually, I want to um, say something about the yesterday's session because I missed one point. I wanted to say this, but I somehow missed it. You know, this um, Ishopanishad series that we were doing yesterday was the last one, and in the 18th shloka, 
So before we start today's session, I would just want to go there because I missed out one explanation there. You see here, Agnenaya Supatharaya Asman Vishwana Deva Vayunana Vidvan Yuyodhyasma Juhuranameno Bhuishtham Te Nama Uktim Vidhema. Now, this Nama Uktim is very important. And if you see, Nama Uktim, what is that? Namaha Uktim means words of obeisance. I do. So, I and Bhuishtham means most numerous. So, I, here it is translated in the translation as, I offer you all obeisances. You know, this is the translation. So, obeisances usually is Namaskuru with the body. But also here, especially, is words of obeisance, Nama Uktim. So, words that are glorifying the Lord, which mean shlokas. And that's why the Lord is called Uttama Shloka. Uh, he is glorified in uh, the choicest of words and uh, shlokas verses and also it means the holy name because the holy name is also Nama Uktim the words of obeisance what is the meaning of Hare Krishna Mahamantra Oh Radha Oh Krishna please engage me in your service I am your eternal servant I have served this um, material world all this while Maya but now I want to serve you please engage me in your service and if you see the, all the Vaishnava songs by the various Acharyas, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Narutam Das Thakur and all the Vaishnava Acharyas, they are basically the moods in which one has to chant Hare Krishna. So in that way, all those songs are expansions of the Mahamantra. And even the entire corpus of Vedic literature is the expansion from the Mahamantra. That's why it is said, um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said in the Shikshashtaka, Vidya Vadhu Jivanam the holy name, the chanting of the holy names has the entire Vedic knowledge compressed into it, concentrated into that holy name. So by chanting the holy name, one, one is saying that, one is acknowledging the facts of transcendental knowledge that I am not this body, I am a soul, you are the supreme soul, Krishna, I am your servant, now I have until now I have been serving Maya, illusion, and now I want to serve you. So this includes the entire um, knowledge of Vedas, that who we are, what, what does Bhagavad Gita stand for? The knowledge that first of all who we are, and what we are not first, what we are not, we think we are the body, we are not that. So first what, what we are not, and then what we are, we are the soul, and then our connection with the Supreme Soul, Krishna, and then how to engage and how to rise above this material platform to the spiritual platform and finally surrender to Him. And the whole Bhagavatam is about what is life like after surrender to Krishna, which is in devotional service. So all that is included in the Mahamantra. So Nama Uktim, words of obeisance, um, this also means the Mahamantra. In, in, in that way, this Ishopanishad is glorifying the Sankirtan movement, the chanting of the holy names of Krishna. Uh, so actually there is one nice verse um, by, in the Mukundamala Stotra. <coughs> so in this way actually any Vedic literature if you see it points to this. Hmm. So in the 31st verse of the Mukundamala Stotra it is said like this. 
ಶತ್ರುಚ್ಛೇದೈಕಮಂತ್ರಂತ್ರಂಪೂಜ್ಯಮಂತ್ರಿಶದ್ಯಮಂತ್ರಿಶದ್ಯಮಂತ್ರ
by telling that they are not the correct path that means it is indirectly pointing that the correct path is here that's why it concludes with that verse agnenaya supatharaya asman then finally namauktim bhuishtham te namauktim vidhema i want to offer so many words of obeisance to you o oh lord so that is chanting of the holy names and of course the kali santarana upanishad also you know says hare uh, what is it hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 ram hare ram 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 hare hare iti shodasakam nam nam kalikalmas nashanam nata paratharopaya sarvavedeshu drishyate so there is no other better way of deliverance after searching out the entire vedic literature there is no other better way of deliverance than the chanting of the 16 words of the hare krishna mahamantra so actually all upanishads they come to this point directly or indirectly mostly they are indirect upanishads that's why we need the explanation of the acharyas and of course the smriti especially the bhagavatam and bhagavad gita bhagavad gita is the essence of all upanishads sarvopanishado gavo dogdhago palanandana you see partho vatsah sudhir bhokta dugdham geetamritam mahat this geeta upanishad so geeta is also an upanishad sakalam upanishad vakya sampujya mantram so even the geeta upanishad is glorifying the holy name satatam what is that satatam girtayanto mam yatantascha dridhavrata namasyantasya mam bhakta nitya yukta upasate then in the 10th that is 9th chapter 14th verse and 10th chapter 25th verse yajnanam japa yajnosmi so and then also arjuna calls krishna in so many names right okay shiva madhusudana so many in that way so the name of krishna is always glorified in all upanishads so that point i wanted to make i forgot about it in fact my brother asked me a question also nama and uktim you know the sandhi even then you know it did not occur to me anyway um now coming to today's today's topic i'll just see the comments just to monitor them because everything okay sound audio video hmm all right everything is all, all right so let's get to the today's verse which is 3.39 of bhagavad gita So we will chant word by word. So please repeat after me. Avritam jnanam etena jnaninah nitya vairina kama rupena kaunteya dushpurena analena so this is the verse avritam jnanam etena so please repeat after me avritam jnanam etena jnanino nitya vairina kama rupena kaunteya दुष्पूरेना 
ज्ञानिनो नित्यवैरिणा कामरूपेण कौंतेय दुष्पूरेणा नलेन च आवृतम कवर्ड ज्ञानम प्योर कॉन्शियसनेस एतेना बाय दिस ज्ञानिनः ऑफ द नोवर नित्यवैरिणा बाय द इटर्नल एनिमी kamarupena in the form of lust kaunteya o son of kunti dushpurena never to be satisfied analena by the fire cha also translation and purport by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami shri prabhupad ki jai translation thus the wise living entity's pure consciousness becomes covered by his eternal enemy in the form of lust which is never satisfied and which burns like fire very important was purport it is said in the manusmriti that lust cannot be satisfied by any amount of sense enjoyment just as fire is never extinguished by a constant supply of fuel okay now first thing <clears throat> the living entities consciousness our consciousness is always pure it is covered by this dust of materialism therefore prabhupada always said this krishna consciousness is not an artificial imposition on the mind it is not an artificial imposition on the mind it is actually the innate nature of the spirit soul to be serving krishna it is a natural tendency a constitutional position what is why prabhupada uses the word the phrase constitutional position what what is the meaning the means by constitution the means by um our natural position uh, just like um say for example constitutional position of um, in a car for example the constitutional position of the axle is to you know turn the wheels that's its job to turn the wheels so that's his constitutional position if it does something else than turning the wheels then it's not in its natural state something is wrong then we need to take to the you know the mechanic and get it fixed so that is constitutional position what is its actual duty what is its actual role by right of course it may perform something else and that means there's something wrong so in is in disorder similarly our constitutional position what is our set role the role set for us it's not that something we can choose or no it is already there our role is to serve krishna Th- that's the thing it's not that you know we need to figure out what is no it's already there it's already set that is our constitution in, our, in the constitution of krishna it's like every country has a constitution when something happens when somebody you know maybe hurt someone or causes inconvenience or murder or theft or whatever it is then it is not judged the case is not judged just um on the basis of whatever happened but also especially on the law which is already premade it is not that okay you have killed this person all right okay let let me see why you have killed and let's try to see if it was justified or not no killing is always wrong is just now 
in how much madness on or in how much sobriety you have done it depending on that only the extent of punishment is now to be judged but you have to be punished so that is the thing it's not to say whether it was right or wrong so that's the whole point so the law is already pre-made so similarly our constitutional position our actual role is already predestined it, we have no other role than to serve krishna now many people will not agree especially in this material world nobody agrees no 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 my 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 calling or or i was i i came into this world for this purpose this is my purpose in this in in life they they have their own purposes so that's something which they have created after they were born it was not created before they were born is something they just made up something so a purpose of anything is um first of all um what is established before it's even brought into this existence like anything any business i mean any any product for example a fan for example an electric fan the purpose is that you know it's not windy i need some wind on my face or some on my body so how to do it so yes i can you know make something which can move the wind you know like a paper fan or you know, those chinese kind of fans then i can do that or you know any kind of fan but if something i want that i don't want to move it in with my own hand then i have to invent something so the whole thing is the purpose what problem it is that we are solving or what what is the need first is first of all already decided and then we go about building the appliance that can actually do what we want to do so the creation of something the cause for that creation or the purpose of the creation of anything is already there before its creation and because of that purpose the creation was actually made it is not that you know what you know just get some blades you know some metal blades and put it on a motor and see what happens you know oh wow it's turning okay what else what else can we do with this no <laughs> that was not how it the fan was created so first of all there was this reason okay a problem to solve and then the whole manufacturing happened so similarly when people say that okay my purpose in life is this you know i, I this is my calling they, they use these words that's what they think and that was after they were born well after they are born but the purpose of why they are here is already there before their their birth that's why is purva karmanusaram purva karmanurupam so they have come because of their previous activities and why first of all they are in this material world that is because of disobedience to krishna so that reason is already there and then our original constitutional position is to serve him and now we are in this material world that whole love for krishna is perverted as lust we are just now satisfied i mean we we try to satisfy ourselves with sense gratification so that has to be cured everybody is born in this world yes with different talents and all but there is only one purpose for everybody in this world that is they have to rectify their their rebellious nature towards god and then become and surrender to him and chant his name and become fully krishna conscious and go back to god that is the only reason there is no multiple reasons for everybody's birth no 
so then what then you know if you say like that then you know what to speak i mean people you know they have singing talents they have dancing talents they have engineering talents they have art talent they have what, then we just no need to use any of this just just pray to krishna and then go back all these talents can be employed in the service of krishna that is the proper use of talent uh, anything that we have should be used in service of krishna and can be done and that's what the vedic civilization is all about all one's aptitude or or talents or skills that one has inherently or acquired all these can be used in the service of krishna like brahmana kshatriya vaishya shudra you know these are four broad categories and within that you know there are you know people who are who can you know dance so for okay, okay for dancers what is what is what is the place of da- for dancers in the vedic civilization so the pastimes of the lord were always depicted by dancers ramayan mahabharat so many those are the proper um uh reasons or or uses for dance now then what to speak of break dance or whatever you can still do with modern dance forms you can still portray the pastimes of the lord you know uh, like i think i did one video on my youtube channel um, after i think last year one of those dance groups won some talent talent show so i actually did a video on my channel um, um calling out to them and suggesting to them that you know you have such great talent and then you use that on for krishna's service you know to depict the pastimes of the lord and that will be the perfection of your dance and i actually sent it to the dance crew members and they actually saw it and they appreciated it i don't know if they would <laughs> follow up on that but it went to them that group from mumbai um i actually reached out to them on instagram and i sent to them the video that i did and they really appreciated it so that so i told them that even though your dance form is very modern and kind of um, break dance and all kind of things but still you can depict they were actually depicting a war scene it was just uh, not from mahabharat or anything their dance on the talent show that they did uh, especially i think the last one maybe was a war scene they were depicting a war a fighting so and we have the greatest wars ramayana mahabharat and even in the bhagavatam there are you know wars mentioned even in the vishnu puran between the devas and asuras and all that so we have material it can be depicted that's just one dance form and music you know we can sing the acharya songs are there you know and even like prabhupad he um, got uh, what is it saying george, george harrison yeah the beatles he got them to sing krishna's songs so in that way everybody can be engaged all talents can be used in krishna's service and in that way it is not only satisfactory materially because any artist or anybody with any talent will be very satisfied if he can use that talent right an artist he is very satisfied if he can draw a nice painting and you know that that gives him satisfaction same with dancer or, or writer or you know speaker or whatever it is or even comedian whatever talent one has one can use that you know so that satisfaction is already there you know especially when one can use that in krishna service so he is using his talent so that is satisfaction is there and at the same time he is glorifying the lord he is purifying the atmosphere making everybody krishna conscious you know remember krishna and that is perfection but if we use those things 
to degrade our consciousness nowadays dance forms music the, the lyrics of the songs are all very you know completely materialistic and sometimes even vulgar and it's becoming more towards that trend vulgar and you know it's very degrading that's why but whereas previously in the vedic culture even entertainment and everything was based on krishna even if you see indian movies in the beginning it was all about ram krishna and you know vishnu and all these different avatars and all these things and later on all this you know sex and all this you know just like boyfriend girlfriend and this and then now it's coming to actually intimate sex scenes and all this thing you know it is just degrading more and more the more we go forward and they have some i mean graphics and all this you know this this um, cgi computer graphics all these movies they're making you know like jurassic park and stuff they can use all the talent it's not we are not against anything we are against the lack of krishna consciousness in the whole endeavor now if steven spielberg for example if he uses his um, skill of direction and computer graphics and all that to depict the mahabharat the ramayan purely on the basis of scripture there are some ramayan serials and mahabharat serials that are not according to scripture they just changed it that is rubbish so we have to stick to the storyline everything that is there in the scripture we cannot change it it's it's sacred we can if you change it is sacrilege you know this rubbish so we have to keep it intact and then depict it with all kinds of talents and propad wanted that and even bagdasidan saraswati thakur used his latest technology at his time which was the dioramas you know like 3d forms and you know just like painting is a 2d form whereas 3d dioramas so he depicted he got you know his disciples to manage that you know depict, depiction of krishna's pastimes chaitanya chaitanya mahaprabhu's pastimes and philosophical concepts which also prabhupada also carried forward and we have those that you know changing body exhibit and i think in one of some of these contemples i think even in delhi there is this show you know where one can walk through this path where dioramas are there and one can go through all that philosophical concepts that are shown in the bhagavad gita and also other pastimes of krishna so that was the t- latest technology of bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur's time and he used it and prabhupada used the latest technology of his time which is even like i mean they went on television they came on newspapers they he used the aeroplane and everything and today we have technology videos and you know all these graphics and everything can be used is just the subject matter is wrong that is what our our contention is we're not against technological advancement or scientific advancement we are not against that we are against the subject matter that they are using it for so because as i said here our pure consciousness is covered therefore it is everything is used is being used for the wrong reasons so as propa said krishna consciousness is not an artificial imposition on the mind but it's the nature of the living entity to love krishna nitya siddha krishna bhakti sadhaka bhunoy shravanadi shuddha chitte kore udoy 22.107 madhya lila chetana charitamrita pure love for krishna is eternally established in the hearts of the living entities it is not something to be gained from another source when the heart is purified by hearing and chanting this love naturally awakens this is a natural state right 
So that's the wise living entities. So we are all actually originally wise. We, we are full of knowledge. But it is covered now with this. What is covered with what? Becomes covered by his eternal enemy in the form of lust. Which is never satisfied and which burns like fire. Now, um, lust is that. What is lust? Karma. We have seen this. So, Atmendriya Preeti Vancha Tare Bali Kaam Krishnendriya Preeti Icha Dhare Premnam This is the definition of Kama and Prema. Because in this world, Kama usually goes by the name Prema. You know, because they say, I love you, I love you. It is so common, you know. I love you, I love you. But that love is actually not love, it's lust. I lust after you. That's what actually it means. Because this is the definition. The desire to gratify, gratify one's own senses is karma, lust. But the desire to please the senses of Lord Krishna is prema, love. So the prema, love can only be used with Krishna. Everything else is karma. No, no, no. But I, you know, I really want that girl to be happy or you know that woman to be happy. Yeah, why? Because if that woman is happy, then you are happy. If the woman is upset, then you are upset. See, the thing is, we define our happiness as other people's happiness. But actually, we are the one who wants want to be happy. Hmm. So, we have to see that. So, that is lust. In this world, lust goes on in the name of love. But we should not, therefore, that this verse is there, this shloka, to differentiate the two. Love means when there is absolutely no uh, tinge of sense gratification or personal gratification in the, in the relationship. There is every reason for the relationship to break, but it absolutely doesn't break. Not only that, it becomes stronger. Yes, that is love. And that is only possible with Krishna. Because he is the perfect object of love. When we try to repose our love on imperfect beings, it will always become imperfect. The relationship will never be perfect here. But that same thing with Krishna, it's, it's love. That is, and it increases. Anandam Vardhanam Pratipadam Purnamrita Swadhan. It always increases. <clears throat> One second. Oh yeah, here it is. The revealed scriptures describe such pure love as follows. Sarvatha dhvamsa rahitam satya pidhvamsa karane yadbhava bandhanam yuno sa prema parikirtitaha. If there is ample reason for the dissolution of a conjugal relationship and yet, and yet such a dissolution does not take place, such a relationship of intimate love is called pure. This is the exact verse. Wow. The predominated gopis were bound to Krishna in such pure love. For them, there was no question of sexual love based on sense gratification. Their only engagement in life was to see Krishna happy in all respects, regardless of their own personal interests. Hmm. So that is love. Now this lust, we want to satisfy. In this world, everybody wants to satisfy their lust. And they think as much as they can satisfy their lust, that is a success. And therefore, economic development is so much stressed because that will give us facility for satisfying our lust. That is the strength by which we can satisfy our lust. So therefore, economic development is so much stressed. How to earn money, how to earn money. 
Nowadays, if you open YouTube or any social media, hundreds of courses on how to earn money. Many of them are cheating also, you know, everything. But the thing is, they are into earning money. That is because of sense gratification. And they think that if I earn more and more money, I will be able to enjoy my senses. More and more, I will become more and more happy. But you ask the richest man in the world whether he is happy or not. He will not be happy. So, which is never satisfied, lust is never satisfied and burns like fire. Yes, he has a different set of problems. Yes, he doesn't have the problem of whether I have to eat or not, um, whether I will have food to eat or not. That's not his problem. But maybe he has a problem where he cannot even eat because of his health problem. I mean, there's innumerable problems. If he doesn't have one, one set of problems, he will have another set of problems. Nobody is without problems in this material world. But if we think that by satisfying lust, we will be happy, that is our foolishness. He is never satisfied and which burns like fire. And in the, in the purport, Prabhupada is saying, it is said in the Manuspriti that lust cannot be satisfied by any amount of sense enjoyment, just as fire is never extinguished by a constant supply of fuel. The, fu- the fire is always hungry for f- more and more fuel. But that fuel is... Um, if, if we give it, or, oh, you are hungry for fuel, alright, I will give you more fuel. Then it becomes bigger... And now I am this big. I, I need more fuel. Okay. You need such big fuel. Okay. I will give you. Then once you give that fuel. It becomes even bigger. And ask even more fuel. The only way to extinguish that fire. Is not to satisfy the fire's demands. But to actually not listen to it. And extinguish it. So by constant supply of fuel. That is not going to be the answer. So similarly lust cannot be satisfied by just. Um giving in to the demands of lust. So this is actually explained. Manusmriti, I don't know the exact shloka in the Manusmriti that says this. Prabhupada did not mention it here as well. I think I have a copy of the Manusmriti in Sanskrit and English translation or something, but um, I need to check. But there is a shloka like that in the Bhagavatam. 9.19.14 Najatu kamaha kamanam upabhogena shamyati Havisha Krishna vartmeva bhuya eva bhivardhate As supplying butter to a fire does not diminish the fire but instead increases it more and more. The endeavor to stop lusty desires by continual enjoyment can never be successful. In fact, one must voluntarily cease from material desires. This is the only way to extinguish it. One may have enough money and enough resources to satisfy the senses but still not be satisfied for the endeavor to stop lusty desires by enjoying can never be successful. The endeavor to stop lusty desires by enjoying can never be successful. The example given given herein is very appropriate. One cannot stop a blazing fire by trying to extinguish it with butter. And... You see, 9.19.16 Yadustya jadur matibhir jiryato ya najiryate Tam trishnam dukha nivaham Sharmakamo drutam tyajet Jiryato ya najiryate Vasamsi jirna, 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 jirya means old. Even in old age, 
the desire of sense gratification will never become old. He will still say, stay young. Translation, for those who are too attached to material enjoyment, sense gratification is very difficult to give up. Even when one is an invalid because of old age, one cannot give up such desires for sense gratification. Therefore, one who actually desires happiness must give up such unsatisfied desires which are the cause of all tribulations. See, even in old age, it does not go. Uh, it's not extinguished by that. It's extinguished by Krishna consciousness. By coming back to our original, we have to remove the covering. Today's verse, if you see, Avritam, the first word is Avritam. Avritam means covered. Our Jnanam, our pure consciousness, our knowledge is covered. So that covering has to be removed. Uh, then, yes, we will perform in the proper way. In the material world, the center of all activities is sex. And thus, this material world is called Maithunya Agara or the shackles of sex life. In the ordinary prison house, criminals are kept within bars. Similarly, the criminals who are disobedient to the laws of the Lord are shackled by sex life. So, in this world, <laughs> we, we say this world is a Durga, very difficult to get out. Shackles. You know, usually in jail there are bars and you know chains or something like that. But here, no, we are free. Why do you say it's a prison house? It's a free world. Yeah, it looks free. The 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 shackles are much more subtle here. The shackle is that lust. Huh? You know, actually there is a nice verse, which is um, I think. Let's see. Hmm. No, no, it's not this. Um, let me see. I think it's three thirty-one, thirty-three. Okay, you know what? We will just go to the whole chap, whole chapter in that part of this chapter. It's very nice because it's very relevant to today's topic. interesting this whole chapter is actually um, the prayers of the child in the womb of the mother and then after that it goes to half even after such prayers and you know coming out of the womb he again falls back into the trap of material enjoyment and how exactly he falls back so we're going to that part where one falls into material enjoyment and uh, just a second Okay, you see this. Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 3, Chapter 31, Text 31. Onwards we will read. We will just read the translations of these verses. For the sake of the body which is a source of constant trouble to him and which follows him because he is bound by ties of ignorance and fruitive activities, he performs various actions which cause him to be subjected to repeated birth and death. This is about us, about our life. So, this is how conditioned souls, you know, for the sake of the body, you know, he does so many things. If therefore, the living entity again associates with the path of, path of unrighteousness, influenced by sensually minded people, 
associating with the path of unrighteousness, influenced by the sensually minded people, engaged in the pursuit of sexual enjoyment and the gratification of the palate, he again goes to hell as before. We have been there and we will again go there if we do the same mistake. He becomes devoid of truthfulness, cleanliness, mercy, gravity, spiritual intelligence, shyness, austerity, fame, forgiveness, control of the mind, control of the senses, fortune and all such opportunities. Mind you, these are actually the um, what is that? Uh, symptoms of a Brahmana, right? We have yesterday, if you have been here yesterday, we have seen that these are the symptoms of Brahmana. You know, all these, you know, Arjavam, Shamo, Dhamma, Tapa, Shaucham, Kshantir, Arjavam, Evacha, Gyanam, Vigyanam, Astikyam, Brahma, Karma, Swabhavajam. So, all these things are Brahmanical qualities, but these we will lose, all these spiritual qualities we will lose if we become, um, when, we, when we are into the sex life. We lose all these good qualities. One should not associate with, sorry, one should not associate with a coarse fool who is bereft of the knowledge of self-realization and who is no more than a dance dancing dog in the hands of a woman. Strong words, you know. Bhagavatam is not lightweight. His guru is heavy, and that's how it should be. This is hard talk, you know, as they say. It's not, you know, some sweet talk, you know, some, oh, just, you know, flowery language, you know, make you all feel good, you know, no, 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 it'll, it'll make us feel very bad. If we are interested in material world, it'll make us feel very, very bad. <laughs> That's why there is a, there is a nice um, quotation, I think, where is this, in Nectar of Devotion? If one of you can find this, put, please put it in the comments. In the Nectar of Devotion, I, or I think in Srimad Bhagavatam, I think it's in Nectar of Devotion, where it is said that a gopi says to another gopi, you know, if you are interested in material happiness, be careful. Don't ever go to that bank of the river Yamuna and look for that boy who is playing the flute there. Just forget about him. Just don't look at him. If you are interested in material life, just don't look at him. Because you will be disappointed. Because you cannot enjoy anymore material life. It's indirectly pointing to the ultimate happiness that Krishna would give and one will totally forget material enjoyment and be, you know, fixed in the spiritual happiness of Krishna consciousness. But it is said in a reverse psychology manner that, you know, don't go and see him there, you know, you'll be, you'll be in deep problem. So, that is, that is the thing. So, spiritual life is not about making you feel good, feel good, no, no. It has to, you know, completely remove our illusion. We are feeling good and then end result is bad. I mean, that is, that is the nature of the mode of passion, right? 18.38 of Bhagavad Gita, I think. Yeah. Vishayendriya samyoga dhyattad agre amritopamam pariname vishamiva tatsukham rajasam smritam. Chapter 18, text 38 of Bhagavad Gita. That happiness which is derived from contact of the senses with their objects and which appears like nectar at first, the feel-good syndrome, appears like nectar at first. But poison at the end is said to be of the nature of passion. The end result is not very desirable. In the beginning, yes, everything looks wow, nice, nice, beautiful. But then it's like, you know, horrible. I think there's a verse like that. Um, flower. <laughs> Just making a wild guess here. I think it's 429... 
yeah, I think this is the one, right? No, no, yeah, 429.54. This is not, I think it's a prose, right? Let me see. Yeah, this is a prose. It's not like a shloka exactly. I mean, like a, like a poetic. It's like a sentence, basically, paragraph. So, uh, we will go to the translation. My dear king, woman, who is very attractive in the beginning, feel-good syndrome, but in the end, very disturbing, is exactly like the flower, which is attractive in the beginning and detestable at the end. With woman, the living entity is entangled with lusty desires and he enjoys sex just as one enjoys the aroma of a flower. He thus enjoys a life of sense gratification from his tongue to his genitals. Tongue, stomach, genitals. Because the wife will cook nice food stuffs and then the tongue is satisfied and the stomach is satisfied and the genitals are satisfied. So, <clears throat> that's what the wife offers. And in this way, the living entity considers himself very happy in family life. United with his wife, he always remains absorbed in such thoughts. He feels great pleasure in hearing the talks of his wife and children, which are like the sweet humming of bumblebees that collect honey from flower to flower. He forgets that before him is time, which is taking away his lifespan with the passing of day and night. He does not see the gradual diminishing of his life, nor does he care about the superintendent of death who is trying to kill him from behind. Just try to understand this. You are in a precarious position and are threatened from all sides. Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam is not sweet talk. No, it's like very, very heavy. <laughs> but this, <laughs> but this is exactly what we need to hear. 18.37 of Bhagavad Gita. Yadadagre vishamiva pariname mrutopamam tatsukham satvikam proktam atma buddhi prasadajam. That which in the beginning may be just like poison, but at the end is just like nectar and which awakens one to self-realization is said to be happiness in the mode of goodness. I would rather hear these harsh words and let it beat my mind and ego and everything hard and learn from that rather than going through it and experience a much more difficult situation. Right? Now, as hard as, as as bitter as these words may sound for a person who is interested in sense gratification, what is the result if you don't hear or don't listen to these words? What, what is the end result? Then we have to actually experience those things. <laughs> we are not going to escape from that. If we don't hear these harsh words, then we will have to experience those harsh experiences in our life. Which do we want? By hearing or by experiencing which is more painful we know i mean everybody wants quick money right who doesn't want if there is an opportunity but now i mean there are so many ways of achieving them like if i can cheat somebody and maybe get money but the consequence of that what is the consequence or oh, heavy punishment so when i know that then i will if I hear about it and I see, okay, these people, you know, there's some crime watch kind of, you know, all those episodes in, on TV. You know, those, they show there that, you know, oh, this person has did this crime and, you know, he was punished, you know, some 20 years or life sentence or whatever it is. Now, when we hear all that, wow, 
yeah i i would definitely like quick money but i wouldn't go there because you know the punishment is like it's not worth it so intelligent man he hears he learns from hearing and he learns from other people's experiences the foolish man he wants to experience himself and the worst of the foolish man even after experiencing cannot realize that is the intelligence you know intelligence levels so therefore we have to be intelligent and learn and let let it let it be harsh actually it it is not harsh it is very nectarian if one is awakened to the you know um spiritual life then he sees these words as so nectarian because they really guide us in the proper way and show us what the pitfalls we see sweet poison i think i did a short video on tiktok um the real face of maya i think it's like a 45 second video it summarizes the entire thing <laughs> it's like a sweet face but then it's sweet poison you know we tend to get attracted to the sweetness but we don't understand that it is poison but the bitter medicine we just shun away from that because of the bitterness but we don't take its you know the the, the goodness that it actually offers us by taking it the medicine part of it so we are always attracted to the wrong thing in sweetness and poison we are attracted to the sweetness in bitter and medicine we are attracted to the medicine uh, we are no we are not even attracted to anything right in the sweet poison we don't see the poison part we see the sweet part and in the bitter medicine we don't see the medicine part we see the bitter part so we don't see the right thing because we don't have far sighted vision because our knowledge is covered avritam gyanam etena lust because of this lust therefore it all appears maybe harsh but actually these are really really instructive and so if one can actually take instructions from these verses he can save himself so much trouble and you know execute krishna consciousness so that's um happiness in the mode of passion and happiness in the mode of goodness so in the material world the center of all activities is sex and thus this material world is called maithunya agara or the shackles of sex life and until we come to point of krishna consciousness until we come to the point of love that means until then it is lust so as long as we are in the platform of lust and not come to the platform of loving krishna our life actually brahma says that very nicely 10.14.36 of shrimad bhagavatam ஃபுட்ஷாக்கல்ஸ் in this way we are shackled to this world shackled to this life shackled to this people can't give up their families even at the age of 90 they still want to be with their families and as you know good as it sounds you know but what is the end result that he is remaining attached to the family till the end of his life and at the time of death the last moment you know he is attached to his family members and he again takes birth in this material world so that is the in fact it is said that the most glorious death 
is to die with nobody around, with no family members around. Because the moment we see the faces of these family members, all those moments that we've spent together, everything will come back. You know, all those photographs and videos in our mind, all the memories will come back, and we we miss the pe- miss the people, and then all those affectionate feelings they overtake our emotions, and that way we die. <coughs> and that's going to be very painful. <coughs> Therefore, we have to voluntarily <coughs> detach ourselves from family affection and associate with devotees. Uh, they guide us properly. Uh, therefore, we have to become devotees and associate with devotees. It's not that immediately leave your families and go out. No, that's, we're not saying that. But we should learn that this is a danger, that we should not remain excessively attached to family. As a duty, yes, we have to like, you know, because grasthas may feel very discouraged. So, you see, 5.5.3 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Yeva mai she krita sauhardartha janeshu deham bharavartikeshu griheshu jayat majarati matsu napriti yukta yavadarthas chaloke. Those who are interested in reviving Krishna consciousness and increasing their love of Godhead. Do not like to do anything that is not related to Krishna. They are not interested in mingling with people who are busy maintaining their bodies, eating, sleeping, mating and defending. They are not attached to their homes, although they may be householders. They are not attached to their homes, although they may be householders. Nor are they attached to wives, children, friends or wealth. At the same time, they are not indifferent to the execution of their duties. Such people are interested in collecting only enough money to keep the body and soul together. So this is how we should live in this world. Uh, one second. Okay, you see, as much as sex life is condemned, for most it is a necessity, and. Even then, one has to hear these things. Because that is not a platform of ultimate happiness. Even if one is in family life or whatever, he has to still listen to all these things because we should know that that is not a platform of happiness. It is a concession for our desires. But then, that's a facility for concession. Marriage is a facility, a concession for, okay, um, satisfy those desires responsibly by bringing forth good population in this world and train them in Krishna consciousness. And in that way, one can satisfy those desires. So, that is the meaning of marriage. But still, one has to understand that that is just by marrying, I have become now perfect. No, that is not at all. No. We have to still get get detached from that whole, this platform of happiness. We should not define our happiness on, on family attachments. That is the worst thing we can do if we really want our own self-interest. <clears throat> There are, I mean, Bhagavatam is full of these verses that condemn sex life and we should hear them eagerly actually. We should not be like, oh really, I don't want to hear, I don't want to listen to Bhagavatam, you know, it's it's discouraging. <laughs> yeah, that's what the gopi said to another gopi. If you want to be discouraged in your material happiness, then go, don't go and see that boy, Krishna, who is, you know, standing on the bank of the Yamuna and blowing his flute blowing on his flute. So, don't go and see him. 
yeah if we don't want to be discouraged but then what happens at the end we have to go and see yamaraj and that is not very encouraging you know the appointment with yamaraj is not very um not very nice it's very very bad hmm. in the material world the center of all activities is sex and thus this material world is called maithunya agara or the shackles of sex life in the ordinary prison house criminals are kept within bars similarly the, similarly the criminals who are disobedient to the laws of the lord are shackled by sex life advancement of material civilization on the basis of sense gratification means increasing the duration of the material existence of a living entity it is just like this the jail already has bars right so there is some gap which in which you can you know put your hand out at least the so called material civilization is increasing those bars put them more 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 and more bars suppose in this space there are like may say about 10 five bars maybe now we are putting 10 increasing those bars only that's this advancement of civilization just increase our shackles increase our by increasing the sense gratification which is the definition of advancement nowadays that the the more we can reduce the gap between the desire to enjoy and the actual enjoyment that is advancement for example i desire to eat some nice food ordinarily i will have to learn how to do that cook first of all buy all the groceries and then come and then um look at some recipe book or whatever and then okay this okay then i have to start cooking and then it may or may not come um right if with practice it will come um anyway all this and after that i have to wash the dishes and then i have to you know all these things now there was a desire to eat nice food and it was fulfilled by cooking and all these things but if i can reduce the gap the modern civilization is about if i can if i can somehow reduce the gap between the desire to enjoy and the actual enjoyment yeah. or oh, you want good food call away or an app tap away you know go to the grab food or you know uber eats or something like that in different parts of the world there are different apps like that similar apps so and then you order it online and it just comes on to your doorstep and you don't have to do anything so you know the the, the more they you know give the satisfaction or sense gratification at the fingertips they think that is advancement that is just like putting the bars as close you know to each other as possible and even even um, sex life sex life responsible sex life is dharmavruddha kamosme it is not we are not against sex life but we are against irresponsible sex life so sex life which is responsible is religious and that means within marriage nowadays with the divorce law the marriage has no meaning anymore you know yeah i am within marriage but yeah fifth husband that i mean that kind of is is as good as you know no marriage is just like animal life so this divorce law has practically you know destroyed this whole thing but marriage is a serious thing and it's it's once and within that he has for procreation and then responsible bringing up and make them into devotees that way yes it is most welcome bhakti siddhan saraswati thakur said he was an aishtik brahmachari never got married but he said if i can produce krishna conscious children if i can train them up in krishna consciousness i wouldn't mind engaging in sex life for hundreds of times 
so that is the thing so in in other words sex life is not condemned but one must take full responsibility but nowadays they want to get rid of the the problem side of it they just want the enjoyment side of it let me tell you what that means Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 2, Chapter 6, Text 8. Okay, just before we go any further, I just want to check the status of the live stream. I think it's all right. Yeah. Oh, okay, there's this verse from the Nectar of Devotion. Okay, I'll we'll go to that. Just before that. <coughs> Apamveriyasya sargasya parjanyasya prajapate pumsaha shishna upathastu prajatyananda nirvrite From the Lord's genitals originate water, semen, generatives, rain and the procreators. His genitals are the cause of a pleasure that counteracts the distress of begetting. Purport the genitals and the pleasure of begetting counteract the distresses of family encumbrances. See, the genitals and the pleasure of begetting, means the pleasure of sex life, counteract the distresses of family encumbrances. One would cease to generate altogether if there were not, by the grace of the Lord, a coating, a pleasure-giving substance on the surface of the generative organs. <laughs> Nobody would want to maintain a family. Now, but why do people maintain families? Because... There is this pleasure coating substance on the generative organs, and <clears throat> that is the power of Maya. This substance gives a pleasure so intense that it counteracts fully the distress of family encumbrances. I mean, the persons people don't have money to maintain their families, but but still they beget children. So, and it gives a lot of uh, trouble. Hmm. Lot of and one has to work hard day and night to maintain such a establishment. A person is so captivated by this pleasure-giving substance that he is not satisfied by begetting a single child, but increases the number of children with great risk in regard to maintaining them simply for this pleasure-giving substance. This pleasure-giving substance is not false, however, because it originates from the transcendental body of the Lord. In other words, the pleasure-giving substance is a reality, but it has taken on an aspect of pervertedness on account of material contamination. In the material world, sex life is the cause of many distresses on account of material contact. Therefore, sex life in the material world should not be encouraged beyond the necessity. There is a necessity for generating progeny even in the material world, but such generation of children must be carried out with full responsibility for spiritual values. The spiritual values of life can be realized in the human form of material existence and the human being must adopt family planning with reference to the context of spiritual values and not otherwise. The degraded form of family restriction by the use of contraceptives etc. is the grossest type of material contamination. Materialists who use these devices want to fully utilize the pleasure potency of the coating on the genitals by artificial means without knowing the spiritual importance of the human form of life. In other words, without knowledge of spiritual values, the less intelligent man tries to utilize only the material sense pleasure of the genitals. So they want to um, counteract the, dis uh, the distress of begetting 
not by voluntarily um, refraining from sex life but they want to engage in sex life and at the same time they want to uh, don't have not have that trouble of maintaining children and bringing them up and for that they use contraceptives and you know abortion so many sinful activities come about by doing that and they don't even realize they want to escape a little bit of trouble which is maintaining and bringing up the children but they go into much deeper trouble by doing this you know abortion and all these things and that is going to give them hellish life for many many thousands and thousands of years so which is better to suffer for 20 25 years to bring up the child or to suffer thousands of years in hell now we have to choose <laughs> and as i mean as difficult as it is all to hear but you know this is the truth about a material life and if we at all want any um, you know good fortune for ourselves we should be very very cautious in how we deal with this material world how we deal with this maya Huh? therefore this lust is the symbol of ignorance by which the living entity is kept within the material world while one enjoys sense gratification it may be that there is it may be that there is some feeling of happiness but actually that so called feeling of happiness is the ultimate enemy of the sense enjoyer is like the trap it's a trap you know just like that uh, rat is greedy it's tongue you know so greedy he wants to eat cheese you know and when one keeps cheese and in, in a rat trap i'll go for it and then he'll die so we are also falling falling for these things for the traps of the of our senses and that is why our material life is continuing on and on and on every single life it is the same thing we are falling for the same traps again never learning our lesson but in human chance we have the intelligence to question these things and understand these things and come out of these things and if we don't use this human form of life for this purpose then we have wasted a huge opportunity a huge opportunity we have wasted that's why there is so much warning in the scriptures to go against this path and even if one goes into it he has to be very careful it is not we are not against grihastha ashram but we are against grihamedhi life grihamedhi life means sex life is the center of such people and they have no spiritual advancement at all and we should not be and grihastha life also even in grihastha life like even for devotees it's not easy you know it's not easy to have family and you know maintain a spiritual life at the same time it is very difficult it is not that oh if I, if you are a devotee yes family life will be very happy no no not at all it's, it will still be with many many challenges but much reduced if we engage in krishna consciousness but the problems will still be there i mean just look at this lord ramachandra is the most qualified male mother sita is the most qualified female in rama and the example is that even if such perfect match is made in this material world there is still going to be trouble of course spiritually speaking ram and sita were not really suffering it is vipralambha seva the you know in separation the ecstatic love in separation but that is the internal reasons the, the spiritual side of things but the lessons for the materialist is that too much attachment like ram was very attached to his wife 
uh, and then because of that he has to undergo so many tribulations so much he cried so much lord ramachandra cried in in ramayan when sita was kidnapped uh, of course that is spiritual ecstasy but at the same time it is also a lesson double you know krishna when he does anything any pastime any leela he has multi multifarious reasons that he fulf- multifarious purposes that he fulfills in one leela on one side he is enjoying his ecstatic love with sita on the vipralambha platform on the other side he is teaching the conditioned souls how attachment for women can be so distressing hmm. so ram was the most qualified i mean he played the part of an ideal human being right so he was the most qualified man and sita was the most qualified woman but still there is suffering if it is not if the suffering doesn't happen between them or disagreement between them other forces like in the case of ramayan and ravan was the cause of you know suffering some other thing may happen which is not we are within our control maybe it can be another person or it can be some natural disaster you know or it can be some disease and, and a person dies or become paralyzed i mean anything can happen or it may be you know between the husband and wife you know the you know the relationship is not very uh, conducive so anything can happen you know there are so many things that can go wrong you know, we should never expect that or oh, will you know if if the man is perfect and the woman is perfect it's all perfect it is a concession at best it is a concession only and that is what actually it is meant for you see um 11511 you see this shrimad bhagavatam 11.5.11 loke vyava लोके व्यवायामिषमध्यसेवा नित्या हिजन्तोर्नहितत्र चोदना व्यवस्थितिस्तेषु विवाहयज्ञ सुराग्रहैरासु निवृत् निवृत्तिरिष्टा इन दिस मटेरियल वर्ल्ड द कंडीशन सोल इज ऑलवेज इंक्लाइंड टू सेक्स मीट ईटिंग एंड इंटॉक्सिकेशन दिस इज आवर नेचुरल टेंडेंसीज इन दिस मटेरियल वर्ल्ड बिकॉज़ ऑफ आवर कंटामिनेशन therefore religious scriptures never actually encourage such activities although the scriptural injunctions provide for sex through sacred marriage for meat eating through sacrificial offerings and for intoxication through the acceptance of ritual cups of wine such ceremonies are meant for the ultimate purpose of renunciation it is meant for renunciation that's why there is marriage the marriage is meant for renunciation if it was not for renunciation then there shouldn't be any marriage because if if enjoying the sense is the is the goal and renunciation is not the real goal then enjoy more no why is only one woman just enjoy as much as you want right why there should be a marriage marriage itself is restriction of that sex life it is meant for controlling that instead of having irresponsibly like a pig you know with mother sister and daughter and all that you know without restriction which woman or not have some restriction yes one woman wife and also make it spiritual by uh, bringing up the children in krishna consciousness in that way so that is the whole purpose so it is actually already suggesting renunciation the marriage itself the the word marriage itself is suggesting renunciation because it is a concession for satisfying the senses it is a license but license or not licensed it is still going to be troublesome just like a counterfeit or whatever what is it called Co- contraband 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 or contraband whatever <laughs> i don't know so um, cigarettes they they are injurious either way 
whether licensed or contraband 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 what is what is the correct word please let me know in the comments how come i forgot this word at all contra what whatever okay please let me in the comment is contraband or contraband okay so whether contraband cigarettes or or you know licensed cigarettes <laughs> they both will enjoy your health it's not that or oh, because it is licensed by the government therefore it is legal so that's good it is legal but it's still injurious to health similarly <laughs> although marriage is legal um, contraband okay thank you very much <laughs> okay at least you know that I'm not in the drug deals, right? <clears throat> so, so contraband cigarettes or whether it's um, licensed cigarettes, they both are um, injurious to health. It's not that, oh, this is legal, all right, I'll, go, I'll not go into prison. But then I'll go into the hospital <laughs> if I smoke. So, Although it is legal, marriage is legal, it is not that it is without its problems. It is with its problems and we have to realize that. They say, oh, just married uh, happily ever after. No. It's happily never after. That's real family life. So, the real happiness comes from Krishna consciousness. Just like Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, my whole uh, house has become Goloka Vrindavan because Manasa Deho Geho Joki Chumor Arpilu Tuabade Nanda Kishore. So, um, you know, whatever is mine, that is his home, Manasa Deha Geha, that means my mind, my body, my wife, my home, everything. I have surrendered to your lotus feet, Krishna. It's, no more, it's not mine anymore, it's yours. Uh, we, actually, there is a nice verse, you know. One should live like, live like a guest in the house. One should not think that he is the host of the house. What is that verse? Um, oh yeah. 11.17.54 Srimad Bhagavatam Itham parimrasham parimrasham mukto grheshvatithivadvasan nagrhairanubadhyeta nirmamo nirahankritaha Deeply considering the actual situation, a liberated soul should live at home just like a guest, without any sense of proprietorship or false ego. In this way, he will not, not be bound or entangled by domestic affairs. He should not think that he is the owner of the house or he is the tenant of the house. No, he is a guest in the house. When you go to somebody's house as a guest, how do you live? You don't, you know, you don't claim proprietorship to the people in the house, you know, just like that. Even though there are other people in the house, one must think, well, I am a guest in this house. It's, it's Krishna's house. It's They all belong to Krishna. I'm just a guest here. So, I should be cordial and I should guide them in the proper way. But then I should not consider them mine. Nirmamo nirahankritaha. So, it is difficult to achieve in the beginning, but this is what is the reality. This is how we should live. In the Grihastha Ashram, we must always, it's only an ashram. It's ashram, ashram is a place where spiritual culture is there. So, it, it is only Grihastha Ashram and this kind of spiritual thought, spiritual culture, spiritual, you know, thing is there. Then that is ashram. Therefore, um, 
Grihastha therefore should voluntarily invite sadhus because this is an ashram, right? Grihastha, that house is also an ashram. And he should voluntarily invite sadhus to come and, you know, <coughs> uh, enlighten the members of his family and himself. So that's how um, Grihastha should live. But nowadays they think that I am the owner of the house and, you know, trespassers will be prosecuted. You know, dogs beware. And sadhus, please, you know, stay far away. <coughs> Actually, there is a verse like that, right? 4 or 22 dot 10, I think, or 9. Let's look at 9, what is that? Yeah, 10 and 11. Adhana pite dhanya sadhavo grahamedhinaha yadgraha hi arha varyambu trinabhumi shvara varavaraha. <coughs> 4 or 22 dot 10. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> a person who is not very rich and is attached to family life becomes highly glorified when saintly persons are present in his home. The master and servants who are engaged in offering the exalted visitors water, a sitting place and paraphernalia for reception are glorified and the home itself is also glorified. In opposition to that, Vyalalayadrumavaiteshu Arikta sampadaha Yadgrihas Tirtha Padiya Pada Tirtha Vivarjitaha. On the contrary, even those sorry, on the contrary, even though full of all opulence and material prosperity, any householder's house where the devotees of the Lord are never allowed to come in, and where there is no water for washing their feet, is to be considered a tree in which all venomous serpents live. So we should not consider it my house, my home, it's a guest house. <laughs> I am a guest here. And you know, so just live and do my own job which is spiritual advancement. Otherwise, you know, let's look at few verses which condemn sex life and which discourage materialists even more. You know, sometimes they <laughs> these motivational speakers they are um, you know, people say, wow, he's talking so much, he's giving so much positivity into this world. You know why that sounds positivity? Because it encourages their sense gratification. And this is all negativity for them. But this is the spiritualist's positivity. For the materialist, this is negativity. And for the spiritualist, that so-called motivational speech, which just encourages everybody to, you know, perform material activities, that is positivity for them. But actually, it's it's negativity, spiritually. 7945 Maharaj <laughs> Sex life is compared to the rubbing of two hands to relieve an itch. Grihamedhis, so-called grihasthas, who have no spiritual knowledge, think that, think that this itching is the greatest platform of happiness. Although actually it is a source of distress, 
the Kripanas, the fools who are just the opposite of Brahmanas, are not satisfied by repeated sensuous enjoyment. Those who are dhira, however, who are sober and who tolerate this itching, tolerate this itching, are not subjected to the sufferings of fools and rascals. So we were actually reading that chapter. We will go back to that chapter. Oh yeah, it was here. So one should not associate with a coarse fool who is bereft of the knowledge of self-realization and who is no more than a dancing dog in the hands of a woman. The infatuation and bondage which accrue to a man from attachment to any other object is not as complete as that resulting, resulting from attachment to a woman or to the fellowship of men who are fond of women. Natathasya bhaven moho bandhas chanya prasangataha yoshit sangadya thapumso yatha tatsange sangataha Try to remember the, try to just remember those Sanskrit words a little bit. Yoshit sangadya thapumso yatha tatsange sangataha natathasya bhaven moho There's another verse similar. The infatuation and bondage which accrue to a man from any from attachment to any other object is not as complete as that resulting from attachment to a woman, woman or to the fellowship of men who are fond of women. I think um, 11, 4, no, 11, Uh, well, this is also related. Ah, and then the next one, yes. So, Strinam Strisanginam Sangam Tyaktvadurata Atmavan Kshame Vivikta Ashinas Asinas Chintayenmam Atandritaha. Being conscious of the eternal self, one should give up association with women and those intimately associated with women. Sitting fearlessly in a solitary place, one should concentrate the mind on me with great attention. Now, this one. Natathasya bhavet klesho bandhas chanya prasangataha yoshit sangadya thapumso yathatat sangya sangataha The only difference is this word. There it is moho, here it is klesho. <laughs> moho means illusion, klesho means suffering. <clears throat> of all kinds of suffering and bondage arising from various attachments. Every attachment will give us suffering. But of all kinds of suffering and bondage arising from various attachments, none is greater than the suffering and bondage arising from attachment to women and intimate contact with those attached to women. Now, uh, <clears throat> sometimes women get a little bit upset. Why, you know, women are targeted like this in this shlokas, you know. It's not only for the woman, <clears throat> but even for the woman, the man, <coughs> in our <coughs> conditioned state now our propensity is that of a male a male in Sanskrit is Purusha and female is Prakriti nature so Prakriti is female Purusha is male so the actual Purusha Govindam Adi Purusham the original Purusha is Govinda Krishna the original enjoyer so the male is the enjoyer and the female is to be enjoyed by the male now he, Krishna, Govinda, he is the Adipurusham, original male. And we are all supposed to be, we are all Prakriti, not supposed to be, we are Prakriti. Uh, what is that? 
अपरेम इतस्वन्याम विधि में प्रकृतिम पराम वी आर परा प्रकृति सो वी आर मेंट फॉर हिज एंजॉयमेंट वी आर टू बी एंजॉयड बाय हिम ही इज द आदि पुरुष ही इज द ओरिजिनल मेल ओरिजिनल एंजॉयर वी आर फेक एंजॉयर्स वी आर सपोज टू बी प्रकृति or we are prakriti but we are acting as a purusha in this material world whether man or woman he wants to be the male he wants to be the he or she wants to be the enjoyer in the relationship and if there is any disagreement there is fighting there is divorce there is so much soreness in the relationship <coughs> when one sense gratification is <coughs> you know uh, disturbed or interrupted so the woman means the person who gives gratification for the senses so for the woman the man is the person who gives gratification for her senses and for the man the woman is the one gratifying his senses so because we are in the male tendency the other person is the female because he or she is providing our sense enjoyment so that that is the thing but of course we should understand that um especially the woman that's why in the vedic culture women are um protected because they are more susceptible to fall down that's why it is said the woman has three stages one as a as a young girl um child under the protection of father and when she grows comes of age then under the protection of the husband and when she is old still by the protection of the grown up sons never is there a brahmacharya ashram or sanyas or vanaprastha ashram for women yes prabhupad did some adjustment you know when western women did not have any you know home but then um it's not really uh, an ashram actually they cannot really stay in an ashram format you know it just just, just doesn't work prabhupad said as bitter as it may sound but he said like this 10 mustaches can stay together but four breasts cannot that means two women cannot stay together without being some without there being some kind of a conflict that's why each woman has his own has her own home with her own husband you know when they stay together <laughs> they can't stay many people together this is the way the psychology is i mean it's not their fault is is the way the, the body is made and the psychology is made is when an ashram 10 men can stay 20 men 100 men can stay but women they cannot stay together for very long there will be so many infighting i mean we have practical experience so um therefore they they have the ashram that they can stay in is the grihastha ashram it is not that they are denied the ashram facilities but in the grihastha ashram in the home if spiritual culture is cultivated that is also an ashram so that is ashram um lodging facilities for them and of course the the man also has to be there because he is a husband so in this way it doesn't matter if one is grihastha or brahmachari or vanaprastha or sanyasi but the main thing is krishna consciousness should not be sacrificed should not be compromised that is the underlying factor of all these things it if a person is a brahmachari he doesn't marry and is away from but he is always meditating on it and he is not doing any service and he is just slacked he is worse i mean what is the use of such a brahmachari life that is not brahmachari so it is not that brahmacharya means automatically is liberated or no sanyasi means all he has to 
engaged fully in Krishna consciousness. The whole reason why a person, I mean in the Vedic civilization, three out of four stages, especially for men, are without the association of women, without physical contact. That is the Brahmachari, Vanaprastha and Sanyas. So, why? The reason it is there is because, so that we can, you know, save so much time and energy and, you know, mental peace and use that in Krishna's service. And not only for one's own benefit, but also to help others. Nowadays, there, you know, even in, I see, even in, I mean, in, in devotees, they somehow are against this whole brahmachari and, you know, sannyasi stuff. They don't, you know, they say, you know, um, you know, grihastha life is, you know, best. And actually, grihasthas, they must always think that our children are not really our children. They are meant for, you know, being devotees. So, actually, grihasthas must voluntarily send their children to be trained at the Gurukul, at the, you know, with the devotees. They should think of, always think of, you know, making their children into brahmacharis. It's not just thinking. I mean, this is actually... I mean, they send them to school, right? So, this is actually spiritual school. Which is, Brahmachari life means, you know, spiritual schooling. So, it is a responsibility of the parents to give them that. But nowadays, they don't want. They want their children to become Grihastha devotees. They have decided already their future for their children. And when we ask them, you know, please, you know, get them to... You know, stay in the temple, at least for holidays, at least start at holidays first, you know. I understand that government has regulations that they don't, you have to go to the school and all that. All right, at least during holidays, come and stay at the temple and be trained, you know, from uh, by devotees. Then they say, no, I don't want to force them, you know, I, you know it should come naturally to them. Uh, if I force them, you know, they will not like it and all that. Um, but then the school, they will force on them. The homeworks, they will force on them as if they like it. Hmm? And even if they do like it, it is a wrong path, right? They're not going to get any spiritual benefit out of that. They're associating with materialists. They're just thinking about materialism and they're thinking about career and this. Then I mean, they're spiritually gone. So we should always think like that. You know, the grihasthas they should think of making children and making them brahmacharis and you know training them up. If girls, then okay, train them at home and make them spiritually you know strong. That is the whole point. Hmm. So it is not that oh I want my son to be grihastha. Why do you decide your why try to decide the future for them? When we say you no, know, ask him to come to the temple. No, I don't want to force. But then you already forced. You already have a path chalked out. Then he has to become a grihastha devotee, right? <laughs> so you know what happens here is that even in devotee life, if we are not strong, if we don't associate with renounced devotees, if the grihasthas don't associate with renounced devotees then they don't get the spirit of renunciation. They think that just being happy in family life and being a devotee and you know, just like keeping it easy going, you know, kind of slacking in spiritual life, that is okay. And because they see other examples who who may also be like that, they just think this is the standard. Therefore, one, the grihasthas actually always supposed to associate with the renounced devotees. Then they will also get into this mood of renunciation. Myself, I was fortunate that my mother was so nice that she said, all my sons should become brahmacharis. You know, she said, don't marry. When my brother got married, I don't know if he's online here. (laughs) 
when he got married my mother got upset so uh, so she wants i mean and that's what i'm very fortunate to have you know her as my mother so that that should be the you know uh, example even sachi mata the, the mother of chaitanya mahaprabhu she um as hard as, as it was for her to give up her son because her son said as chaitanya mahaprabhu said i am going to take sanyas then she said she was crying and crying and, and his wife was just like what 16 years old and he was 24 years old he just married few months after the marriage sanyas what is that but still sachi mata said that she cried a lot but then she said mother means ma you know in in bengali or in hindi many indian languages so ma means mother so if a ma does not allow her son to go and you know become sanyas then she is not ma she is maya uh, so the mothers should is very mothers are very emotionally attached to the children and they just can't give up and that's because that that's the nature of women you know they are attached to family life but if they regularly hear these things these messages okay to understand yeah you know absolutely they're not my children they are krishna's they, are, they they belong to krishna so i have to give them up for krishna and i should train them up for you know to become devotees of krishna they should think like this so unless the mother is strong in in, the, in, such, in that conviction she will not think like that therefore you know as much as it is difficult but we should make the best use of it all right i think of course we can go in this topic to great lengths but you know um you know we get the essence of the whole the whole message we'll go through the questions if any and i think there is a verse that was also quoted in the comment section that i was i think requesting we'll go through all that oh so many questions kindly try to keep the questions to the point of the class to the subject of the class because otherwise you know it becomes very distracting and sometimes some of the questions i honestly feel you know the answer already but of course if it is for helping others to understand it's fine but sometimes it's too obvious and then there's no need to ask such questions so then kindly refrain from asking such questions because it'll just increase the length of the class but you know um first question okay first i think we will go to that quote krishna book chapter 29 is that so okay um let's see that okay i'll just read it okay to take it out it may take some time so that quote by the gopi to another gopi so rupa goswami says has written a very nice verse wherein one gopi advises another my dear friend if you desire to enjoy the company of material society friendship and love then please do not go and please do not go to see the smiling boy govinda who is standing on the bank of the yamuna and playing his flute his lips brightened by the beams of the full moonlight shri rupa goswami indirectly instructs that one who has been captivated by the beautiful smiling face of krishna has lost all attraction for material enjoyments 
This is the test of advancement in Krishna consciousness. A person advancing in Krishna consciousness must lose interest in material activities and personal sense gratification. From Krishna book, chapter 29. Okay, now going to the questions. First question by Bhakta Virendra. Why Chaitanya Charitamrita is recommended to read after Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam? Is it considered as a doctorate of Krishna conscious studies? Yes. It is even higher subject matter than Srimad Bhagavatam. Of course, it is based on Srimad Bhagavatam. But it go to, goes into so many nuances of devotees' dealings and all that. The whole subject, the theme of Chaitanya Charitamrita is Vaishnava etiquette. How to deal with Vaishnava, how to deal as a devotee, how to behave as a devotee. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and showed by personal example. And because we need to walk the path of a devotee and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, although in, in Bhagavad Gita, the question was asked twice in the 14th chapter, 21st verse and 2nd chapter, 54th verse by Arjuna that what are the symptoms of a person who is a transcendentalist and Krishna explained and then we have examples of such devotees in various leelas and Srimad Bhagavatam but in Chaitanya Charitamrita the entire thing is about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life which he led as a devotee Prabhu so first he lived the life of a devotee and he is showing the entire life of a devotee so Arjuna asks, Stita Pragnasa Kabhasha Samadhistasa Keshava. What is the okay? Let's go to the actual verse. Stita Pragnasa Kabhasha Samadhistasa Keshava Stita Dehikim Prabhasheta Kimasita Vrajeta Kim 2.54. Arjuna said, O Krishna, what are the symptoms of one whose consciousness is thus merged in transcendence? How does he speak? And what is his language? How does he sit? And how does he walk? Then, in the 14th chapter, 21st verse, Arjuna Uvacha, Kairlingai Strin Gunanetan Atito Bhavati Prabho Kimachara Kimachara Katham Chaitam Strin Gunan Ativartate. Arjuna inquired, Oh my dear Lord, by which symptoms is one known who is transcendental to these three modes? What is his behavior and how does he transcend the modes of nature? This question is twice asked in the Bhagavad Gita, but this is entirely demonstrated practically by the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And because we need to walk that path of devotional service as a devotee, we need to uh, take examples. Or, and not only Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he is with Sangopangastra Parshadam, so many other devotees. All of them show different, different examples of devotee life and vision. We need to know that. That's why Chaitanya Charitamrita is a must read for all devotees. Yeah. Alright, next question um, by Jyoti Mataji from Kolkata. Question, but Prabhuji, it is so tough to explain children who always take things scientifically. You know why? Because we have already fed them the so-called scientific way. But actually, even then it is not difficult if it is properly learnt. Whom did Prabhupada attract? Scientifically minded youngsters who were in their teens or early youth in their 20s. I was a scientific minded person. I was a diehard mathematics and physician. Not physician, come on. Physics student. <laughs> physician is a doctor. Okay, I'm getting my English wrong here. Contraband, physician. So, I'm a, I'm a di- I was a diehard mathematician and I mean mathematics and physics student. I was, I wouldn't accept anything without scientific explanation. And Prabhupada explained the whole thing in scientific terms. This is science. Reincarnation, science. God, science. 
material nature, spiritual nature, science, devotional service, science, it's a science. We have a magazine here, um, Signs of Godhead. We, we particularly titled it like that because people think science is different from religion, the, you know, many science versus religion, this kind of topics go on a, a, as a debate. But no, it's not science versus religion. Religion is real science. The so-called science is rubbish, garbage. That is based on blind faith. As much as they want to make us believe that, oh, we are in blind faith. The so-called science is blind faith. How many people still believe that man went to the moon in 1969? When there was not even a telephone properly. And man went to the moon in 1969. And now, in 2020... When internet has become so much more this thing available, man is not going to moon anymore. By the rate at which technology has developed, people should be going to uh, having school excursions to the moon now. Uh, if they started in 1969, man never went to the moon, but we are made to blindly believe that we were just told like that. Um, and so many other things, even the Darwin's theory of evolution, I learned in my textbook as if it's science or oh, science Darwin's theory of re- evolution natural selection and all that complete bogus rubbish and that is blind faith and they say we are blind faith see the thing is this faith is everywhere everybody is accepting everything on faith nobody is logically reasoning anything you know like we believe the news because we, we have faith that okay this news channel will not lie you know I'm not expecting this news channel to lie so whatever is they're saying is true based on faith we accept that as an authority and then therefore we, we accept that that story that they the, but it can be if, if they want to do a fake news story they can they can and that's what they did in 1969 so but we believed because we put our faith in these fallible sources but if we have faith in Krishna then that is perfect science he has created everything of course, they will say, oh, prove, first of all, prove that God is even there before you talk about his word. Yeah, 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 yeah. let's get to that. You know? First of all, how did you know your father? Prabhupada always asked this. How did you know who your father is? Just heard. We just accepted on faith, right? We did not do any DNA test or anything. What, what, we, we did not do. We don't even know that thing. We just accepted them on faith. How do we know, even if they say DNA test, whom to test? Whom to test? There are so many men in this world, you go on testing everybody. Hmm? That information also must be gotten from the mother. Who was the mother with? Of course, if it's a wedded relationship, it's very easy to find out. But, I mean, in America and Western, I mean, even then, the the father can be anybody, right? I mean, we're talking about science. We're not talking about, oh, how you can say like that, you know, come on, you know. No, that is all emotional. Let's keep that aside. Scientifically, any man can be a father. Even if the woman is wedded to one person, another person can be the father, right? Scientifically. <clears throat> so, how to, how to uh, establish? We have accepted the word of the mother. And that's how we accepted who our father is. So, there is authority. Something which existed beyond our, you know, our existence, how can we understand? Similarly, yes, God is there. Hmm? But first, let us become qualified to see Him. 
Just like if I go to the company, suppose I'm working at Apple, say, big prestigious company, multinational, you know, etc, etc. But if I go to the, you know, I, I get selected by the HR and I go into the company and say, hello, where is, um, what is that now? Steve Jobs have died. No, Tim Cook. Yeah, Tim Cook. He is the CEO of Apple now. So, I, I want to see Mr. Tim Cook. They look at you from top to bottom. Who are you? Uh, who are you? Go and do your work. Sit in your cubicle and do your work. That's what they'll tell you, right? But if we do that work properly, and if we make some groundbreaking, you know, discovery or whatever it is, uh, some invention or some breakthrough in the, you know, how to make an Apple phone or something like that, then Tim Cook will come and see you. You don't need to ask him, you know, where, where is Tim Cook? So similarly, we have to satisfy him by our service. First of all, all his knowledge that is there in the Bhagavad Gita, everything is so logical. Krishna is actually explaining with logic and analogies. You know, he's explaining everything. So first, let us understand what we can understand first. God is way beyond our, you know, <laughs> our grasp at this moment. Let us understand, so let's see the words of Bhagavad Gita. He's saying you are not the body, you are the soul. And try to analyze that first. Try to understand that first. If we can understand what the soul is, then we can talk about understanding the supreme soul God. First, we don't even know who we are. They talk about science, science, science. First of all, do you know even who you are? PhDs, you know, big, big scientists. They don't even know who they are. They think I'm a human being, I'm a this, I'm a, that's not what you, what you are. That's the body. So, where is the science? We have science. So, it can be explained in the most scientific manner. If it is... Re- when it is received from the parampara system, it is most scientific. Therefore, we have to receive the knowledge in the parampara system. We have to first, if they are asking questions, then we have to be competent enough to answer all their questions scientifically. Then we will satisfy them. Of course, there is also the element. The biggest element is not just of the intelligence or what. The real in, um, test is the piety. The person must be pious enough to accept it. But then, the, knowledge, the, the education system has conditioned them to think in the opposite way. That's why it is an impediment to spiritual advancement, this modern, this modern education. It is taking them away from devotional way of thinking. Uh, so, it is actually uh, detrimental to their progress, this modern schooling system. But that's what it is. And then, once they go into that, then they turn against the real thing, which is which is Krishna conscious science. Alright. Um, so, just if, if, if they are teenagers and if they are scientific minded, ask them to read Prabhupada's books. They will have all the answers, scientific answers. We are not some sentimentalists. No, we are not at all. We are complete scientists here, real scientists. Um, oh, we have missed one. Nimai Usha. Question Hare Krishna Prabhu, Dhanavad Pranam. Please, my obeisances to you. Give some details about what is Karmakanda, Karma Yoga, Nishkama, Karma Yoga, Dhyana Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, ultimate goal, it's different. Hare Krishna. Please read Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> See, we can discuss on one topic here. I'm so sorry. But, you know, if, if all that has to be explained, that is the entire subject matter of Bhagavad Gita, you rather read Bhagavad Gita, you get the whole thing. So, we are just discussing one shloka of that whole Bhagavad Gita now. So, I can't go into all these topics at this point. So, that's why we are having every day one one verse, you know. This whole thing is, you know, 700 verses Krishna spoke. And Karma Yoga, Dhyana Yoga, Nishkama, Dhyana Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Ultimate Goal, Difference, etc. All this is, you know, this is the entire subject matter of Bhagavad Gita. 
and Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Charitamrita. So when we read Prabhupada's books, then we can understand. I can't explain this in what five minutes. <laughs> so sorry about that. Mm. Next question by Bhakta Virendra. Can Bhakti devotional service activities such as chanting, reading scriptures, devotee association transform the lust within us to Krishna Prema? Krishna is what is that? Kandarpa Koti Kamaniya Vishokam. Krishna says I am the Kandarpa in the tenth chapter. Yeah. yeah. So yes. Short answer, yes. Next question by Bhakta Virendra. Food apps don't provide Krishna Prasadam. We cannot offer that food to Krishna. Yeah, we cannot offer the food to Krishna. Food has to be cooked by the devotee. Then it has to be offered to Krishna. We cannot offer all this what Uber eats and all these things we can't. Um Next question by Bhakta Virendra. No, not Virendra. Wait. Okay, the Sanskrit. Oh, for the for that verse. Oh wow. Smeram. Oh, this is what? How many? Smeram Bhangitraya Parichitam Sachi Vistirna Drishtim. Oh, seventeen. Smeram Bhangitraya Parichitam Sachi Vistirna Drishtim Vamshi Nyastadhara Kishalayam Ujvalam Chandrakenam Govindakyam Haritanumitah Keshi Tirthopakanthe Maprekshishthastavayadisakhe Bandhu Sangestirangah Beautiful verse must memorize this. So this is that verse which says, don't go and see that boy in the bank of the Yamuna. <coughs> Next question by Krishna Smaranam Prabhu. It is mentioned that a beautiful woman is the biggest enemy in the house. Please explain. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like the way he asked the question because he knows the answer. He just wants me to speak on it. So, <coughs> uh, Chanakya Pandit says, Rupavati Bharya Shatru. So he actually gave a list of Shatru's enemies. And one of them is Rupavati Bharya. So a beautiful woman is actually an enemy because she will increase the attachment and because she is beautiful. And every husband will see his wife as beautiful. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So even if she may not be exceptionally beautiful, but still she is beautiful for the person, right? So um, that beauty... Um, is actually if actually it is said one of the purports um, I think in the Puranjan story I think one of the purports said Prabhupada has mentioned if a, if a man sees that his wife is beautiful that means you know he is attached to the wife so <clears throat> unless he is attached he will not f- find his wife as beautiful actually there is a nice story Prabhupada because at that time you know in Hindu in culture, man can marry more than one wife, and that is Vedic culture. Of course, nowadays they cannot manage even one. But um, Prabhupada, in his early youth, he he actually wanted to marry another time, not divorce and all that, have two wives. So that was allowed. It's perfectly under the Vedic uh, polygamy is allowed. <clears throat> but so <laughs> he wanted to marry again. So. His father asked him, why, why do you want to marry again? He said, I don't like my wife. Because she's not cooperative in Krishna consciousness. I don't like her. 
then uh, his father said let me advise you don't marry again the, the the fact that you do not like your wife is a great blessing and later on that will help you in, in the detaching detachment and Prabhupada listened to his father he accepted defeat in his argument and he followed the instructions of his father <laughs> and because of that today we are here he took sannyas and we are discussing Bhagavad Gita thanks to Prabhupada's father who advised him at the right time and of course Prabhupada is always Krishna conscious but then the thing is that these things these incidences you may ask why these things may happen you know why Prabhupada would want to marry a second time this is to show the greatness of his father because in the Krishna book in the in the preface, he said, this book is dedicated to my father, Gaur Mohande, who is a pure devotee of Krishna. Now, pure devotee means, you know, Uttama Adhikari. So, he is Uttama Adhikari, but his glory would not have been known to us if there was no pastime that we know of him, of his. So, by this, we know what is his status. You know, he is advising Prabhupada that, no, no, don't marry. The fact that you don't like your wife is a blessing. That will help you in your renunciation and that will, you know, uh, um, that will be good for you. So, <laughs> it was not only good for him, it's good for all of us actually. I mean, whether he is in the married life or renounced, he's always Krishna conscious. So, nothing would make a difference to him. But, it's good for us definitely because we have come into this movement because of his sacrifice. So, um, you know, Rupavati Bharya Shatru, that is the thing. The next question by Bhakta Virendra. In Gurukul system, the Guru considered his disciples as his own children. Similarly, do nowadays genuine Gurus consider his disciples as his own children? Yes, Prabhupada considered his disciples as his, his own children. Yeah. Next. Oh, so that verse that was quoted when from Bhakta Samarasan that is quoted in Chaitanya Charitamrita Adilila chapter 5, text 224. So, all that information is coming in bits and pieces. First the translation, then after some time the verse, and after some time the number of the verse. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you very much for that. Uh, then we have next question by Bhakta Virendra. Can one lead a Krishna conscious life without getting married? Yes. Just that one should be sincere. If one really wants to marry, just get married. But, you know, that desire can subside if we, if we, if we associate ourselves with you know, renounced devotees who are actually strictly following, then we can we can get that renunciation also. So if we, you know, but even after that, if we still have the desire to get into marriage, better get into marriage. But yes, Krishna consciousness is much easier to practice without the encumbrance encumbrances of family life. Um, Next question by Krishna Smaranam Prabhu. If everyone in the house thinks like a guest, then what type of atmosphere will be created in the house of Krishna consciousness? Because um, when come, one comes to the temple, how does one behave? One behaves like a guest, right? Okay, I'm doing here service, you know, everybody, Krishna is in charge and we are all his servants and there is full cooperation. It's not that guests are just, you know, don't look at each other's face and, you know, stay away from, you know, each other, not like that. Guest means you still have cordial relationships, you know, as a devotee, you have respect everybody. When, you know, devotees come to the temple, you know, they respect each other and then they have, they do service together. 
and everything but there is no sense of ownership, there is no sense of like you know um, bodily relationship, there is relationship, there is you know there is camaraderie but it is not based on bodily affection which is limited but it is as a devotee. So if everybody is devotee then you know Krishna is the center not me. So yes everybody is a guest, who is the host? Krishna, he is the, he, just like in the temple, Krishna is the owner and everybody <coughs> is a servant <coughs> of Krishna. So then that house will become like a temple if we live like a guest and of course with Krishna as the center. Then uh, next question, Harsh Gupta. How to understand our soul? Not our soul. You are the soul. How to understand yourself? Read, uh, read Bhagavad Gita and chant Hare Krishna. Read is one thing, then follow the process and then we will realize that. Because, okay, there is this verse in the Bhagavad Gita itself, 2.29. Ascharyavat pashyatikaschidenam <coughs> Some look on the soul as amazing, some describe him as amazing, some hear of him as amazing, while others, even after hearing about him, cannot understand him at all. Why? As much as we put into practice, as much as we act on the platform of the soul, that much we will realize. Otherwise, Bhagavad Gita is fully talking about the soul, but if we don't practice the principles therein, given by the spiritual master, then <coughs> we will not realize much. <coughs> we'll still be stuck with the bodily concept, even though we may be officially chanting 16 rounds and everything. Our our attachment is still to the body, still to the family members, you know. So we have to read from the pure devotee, Bhagavad Gita as it is, and then we have to chant, we have to put into practice, we have to engage in service under the guidance of devotees, all this is important. That's why Prabhupada said, books are the basis of this movement. But it's not everything in the movement. Prabhupada also gave the other aspects. What is that? Association of devotees, temple life, different varieties of service and everything. All that is resting on the philosophy of the books. If we just one reads some, some so-called Prabhupada Anugas out of this mentality that, you know, just, you know, just read the books and, you know, be, be, become devotee like that. No, no, no. Read books means what? Put it into practice. And in the books, what is stated? Associate with devotees. How are you going to do that? So, books are not just for reading and, you know, like a reading, you know, armchair speculators, you know, just like a novel, you know, let me read, you know, okay, an armchair, oh, nice, you know, Krishna consciousness, you know, association of devotees. But I don't associate with devotees. What is the point? So, I have to put it into practice. So, for that, books are the basis, yes. But then, the, all the other rest of the paraphernalia of the movement is also as necessary. Why Prabhupada constructed temples? why he did festivals, you know, why all these things? Because that will keep the devotee engaged. We have to be engaged. That engagement is the real deal. The books will take us there, you know, and books will reinforce that engagement and give us even more, you know, confidence in everything and knowledge. But we have to engage. If we don't engage, if we simply, if we simply appreciate only, then there is Shantaras, there is not Dasyaras. You know, Dasya means we have to become Dasyam, we have to become servant. <clears throat> so, we have to do all that to understand the soul. Virendra Prabhu, 
Bhaktavirendra. So those who stay single and those who follow Brahmacharya stay far from association of women. However, is there a fear of falling of one who stays single or unmarried by associating with women as compared to Brahmachari who is following spiritual life? Yeah, yeah. That's why one has to become uh, associated with devotees and become Brahmachari in the temple. And one can become a Nastic Brahmachari or if he wants to marry, he can marry later on. But for both. Sometimes devotees say, Prabhu, you want to be a Brahmachari or Grihastha? It's not a multiple choice question. It's it's a process. Well, even if you want to become Grihastha, you have to first go through Brahmachari life. It's whether one wants to become a Grihastha or not, first stage is Brahmachari. It's, it's like asking, Prabhu, you want to go to school or you want to work? No, no. To work, you have to go to school first I and mean, learn something, right? Then you go and work. So, even if one wants to grow into Grihastha Ashram, one has to go through Brahmachari. Then only he can handle the Grihastha Ashram. Otherwise, he will be handled, man-handled by the wife. That will have, we have seen, right? This, this. 3.31.34 Teshvasan Teshu Mudheshu Khandit Atmasvasadhushu Sangam Nakuryat Chocheshu Yoshit Kreda Amrigeshu Cha One should not associate with a coarse fool who is bereft of the knowledge of self-realization and who is no more than a dancing dog in the hands of a woman. See another, I mean there are so many nice verses like these dancing dogs. This is what will happen. If we don't go through Brahmacharya Ashram, we go directly to the Grihastha Ashram, then we'll become a dancing dog. I'm not saying those who are, you know, <laughs> those who are, those of you who are sincerely trying, even in Grihastha Ashram, have not been in Brahmacharya Ashram, you know, all obeisances to you. It's not to ridicule anyone, but if there is a chance, now if there is a, you know, um, chance of becoming a Brahmacharya and then going to Grihastha, we must accept that. It's not a choice. I'm talking about those young people, you know, sometimes they ask, Prabhu, you want to be a Grihastha or a Brahmachari? You know. Because, <laughs> you see this, Nirjityadik Chakram Abhuta, no, I'm wrong tune, wait. Nirjityadik Chakram Abhuta Vigraho Varasanasthaha Samaraja Vanditaha Griheshu Maithunya Sukheshu Yoshitam Kridam Rgapurusha Isha Niyate Having conquered the entire circle of directions and being thus free of conflict, a man sits on a splendid throne, receiving praise from leaders who were once his equals. But when he enters the women's chambers, where sex pleasure is found, he is led about like a pet animal, O Lord. That's horrible, right? So, (laughs) that's what happens. If you are not trained in brahmacharya life and see the pessimism of materialistic life, if you are not trained to do that, if you think, oh, happily, you know, I'll stay married, happy married, that's not going to, then we will be like this, pet animal. When he enters women's chambers, he will become a pet animal. So, one can handle Grihastha Ashram if we are properly trained in Brahmacharya Ashram, otherwise, we will be manhandled. Um, next, uh, by Ramya. Women can't become a sannyasi? No. Women can't become a sannyasi. That is definitely out of the question. So, women, we have examples of Kunti Devi, for example. You know, she was old enough to become a sannyasi, but she stayed under the protection of her grown-up sons. That's the Sri Dharma. They have to be under the protection of grown-up sons. I mean, by under the men. 
by the father, by the husband and by the grown-up son. So that is the um, this thing for women. There is no sannyasa ashram for women. Then uh, Bhakti Rajanya, is it right that Stri means expanding and Purusha means ability to be determined. No, Purusha means enjoyer, male. And Stri means, yes, expansion, one who expands. Then, can I think that if one man need to be Grihastha, is it mean he has a Stri mind to expand? No, 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 don't conk out. <coughs> no, not like that. <laughs> stri means one who helps you to expand. So, you know, the male wants to enjoy, he wants to enjoy and she will, you know, expand. What she will expand? She will expand the illusion. 5.5.8, here, Pumsastriya mithuni bhava metam tayor mitho hritaya granthi maho ato grihakshetra sutapta vittaya janasya moho yam aham mameti. The attraction between male and female is the basic principle of material existence. On the basis of this misconception which ties together the hearts of the male and female, one becomes attracted to his body, home, property, children, relatives and wealth. In this way, one increases life's illusion, illusions and things in terms of eye and mind. So, this is how the expansion happens. Body, home, property, children, relatives, wealth, increasing the, increasing the you know, attachment. Therefore, this, this verse is very nice. For anybody who is contemplating family life, if he is a boy especially, this verse should be <coughs> learnt. Kimatmananena jahati yontataha kimrikthaharaihi svajanakya dasubhi kimjayayasam sritihetu bhutaya martyasagehaihi kimihayusho vyayaha what is the use of the material body which automatically leaves its owner at the end of life? And what is the use of all one's family members who are actually plunderers, taking away money that is useful for the service of the Lord in spiritual opulence? What is the use of a wife? She is only the source of increasing material conditions. And what is the use of family, home, country and community? Attachment for them merely wastes the valuable energy of one's lifetime. Srimad Bhagavatam 8.22.9 Next question by Bhakta Virendra. If families tell their children to accept Brahmacharya, then how will their family progeny continue in future? It will stop. Oh, why are we so concerned whether it will continue or not? <laughs> if it stops and everybody stops, and no more family, no more population, that's good. No, everybody becomes liberated and becomes Brahmacharya and liberated. And the material world becomes empty, then that's good, right? <laughs> but of course, it's not going to happen. And even if they become Brahmacharya, they can always go into Grahastha and mostly they will end up there. Not everybody can stay Brahmacharya all life. But either way, one has to go through Brahmacharya life. <laughs> People ask like that, you know. Oh, what will happen if everybody becomes spiritual? You know, the whole world will come to a standstill. Oh, really? Then how Satya Yuga people went so peacefully? Everybody was spiritual. In fact, more happiness and more prosperity was there then. Now, you know, people are struggling. The whole world will move. You think the earth won't rotate if we become Brahmacharya? If everybody becomes spiritually advanced, the earth won't rotate, the sun won't rise, the moon won't rise, is it? Everything will go on. In fact, more better. Because all these natural supplies will automatically come if everybody is Krishna conscious. Just enough rain, everything all in abundance and no fighting. You know, all this Ishavasa conception that we learned in, you know, Ishopanishad and all that. That will be there. Hmm. And next question by Krishna Smaranam Prabhu. A man who lives alone is he... Is he more fortunate than a man who lives with a woman? 
a man who is more Krishna conscious is more fortunate. I would say like this because even if a man is alone, if his mind, you know, he's with his mind, you know, and if his mind is like this, karmendriyani samyamya yaaste manasasmaran indriyarthan vimodhatma mithyachara sauchate 3.6 Bhagavad Gita. One who restrains the senses of action but whose mind dwells on sense objects certainly deludes himself and is called a pretender. So a pretender is no more, no good. So one has to be sincere. But if he's sincere, yes, is definitely, um, what is that question? I mean, he is definitely having no, that. I mean, the, that's why even the <coughs> Goswamis, they left their, you know, wife, you know, Raghunath Das Goswami left his beautiful wife and all the, you know, they left their big, big posts. Why? To free themselves of all these things and then engage in the real welfare work, which is to spread Krishna conscious. Yes, it's definitely most, more fortunate. If one is Krishna conscious, yes, is more fortunate. Alone, without without wife. Then yes, definitely more fortunate. Then next by Taraka. Tarak ratio. Uh, question. Hare Krishna Prabhu, nowadays many brahmacharis are just by dress but not in qualities and having lusty desires. What kind of punishment will they get? We are seeing many cases in ISKCON. No, if a brahmachari has desires, then he can go and marry. It's not that a brahmachari, you know, cannot have desire. If he does not have desire, then sex desire, then yeah, he can be an Ashtik Brahmachari and he can continue as a Brahmachari. But he has, if he has, that will come when he is in Brahmachari dress only, right? Then only he decides to go into Grahastha Ashram. So, when a Brahmachari is, you know, trying to go through the transformation stage into Grahastha life, he should not be condemned. He should not be condemned because going to Grahastha Ashram is not really a, a wrong thing. It's not a wrong thing. So, <clears throat> but it does not mean that the brahmachari can have all desires. No, no. We have to be strict. But there will many, there will be many who will eventually will go into Grahasthasram and they should not be condemned. They should not be, be shamed. But to stay in brahmachari ashram and then have illicit sexual affairs, that is absolutely um, condemned. That is completely nonsense. That is some completely sinful. <clears throat> in ISKCON, well, I don't want to comment, comment much on ISKCON. We have just re- re- received the news, April, 20, April 22nd, 2020. One of the gurus officially fell down and submitted his resignation from guruship and sannyas ship. They said he stepped down from sannyas. Instead of fell down, they used the word step down. You know, so that kind of thing is complete cheating. So, yeah, given the fact that Kali Yuga is strong, yes, Maya, Maya is strong, but if Krishna, consci- Krishna consciousness is far stronger, it is just that because the Krishna conscious practice is not strong, you know, Maya appears strong. If our practice is strong, if our sadhana is strong, we will not feel that. In the association of devotees and everything, we are protected so much. So, therefore, we have to be in that fire of Krishna consciousness and then we can stay away from that. Next question. Um, from Ramya, Bhakti and Ramya. I am a woman in a family life without spiritual activity. I don't feel my day is complete. Guruji, I like to do spiritual activity at home. I don't like rebirth. I want to reach God. Padacharanam. Oh. <clears throat> my path is correct. Uh, yeah, even, even if you are in a family where spiritual culture is not followed, but if you follow, then, you know, that's alright. 
you know so many so many times it happens like that that sometimes the man is more krishna conscious and the woman is not sometimes the woman is more krishna conscious the man is not and one have to one has to tolerate that you know and then carry on his krishna consciousness you know even at home as much as possible you know that <clears throat> the basic things we should not compromise like chanting 16 rounds following the four principles reading prabhupada's books and you know offering and eating only krishna prasadam these things have to be maintained and good i mean it's good that now there is this online platform even if you cannot go to the temple you know you can at least associate and you know listen to classes or something like that so all this is available this facility so we should take advantage of these things this is all chaitanya mahaprabhu's mercy so you know we have to take advantage of these things and progress ourselves as much as possible and krishna will open the doors more and more you know as we make sincere endeavor now why are why we are in that position because something we have done in our past whatever karma it is but now if we take you know to devotional service in all earnestness even if we are in family life stuck in unfavorable circumstances situations it doesn't matter we just have to <clears throat> follow the process to the best of our ability give it our all best give it our best and then krishna will open more and more doors as we are sincere krishna will open more and more doors and eventually you know he will give more and more facility for services and engagement in krishna consciousness so don't be discouraged um you know take advantage of all the things that prabhupada has already given us books chanting service hearing you know associating like this in the live streams all these things um next by vishnu teja prabhu did the demigods like did the demigods make the mars rover land on the ketu planet since it's also a red planet i don't want to speculate let them do whatever they want we will do what is necessary our thing is to preach krishna consciousness let them create a hoax or whatever they want i mean let them do what they want okay it is anyway a futile attempt even whether they landed on ketu whether they landed on mars or whether they landed on somewhere in area 51 in america doesn't really matter because it's not going to help anyone they're going to waste a lot of money and time and everything with that we just focus on how to increase our krishna consciousness preaching first of all becoming more krishna conscious and also preaching to others next uh, krishna smaranam prabhu can the spiritual science be taught in schools it can but where is the where is the system like that the whole governments are taken over by you know <clears throat> people who are against god consciousness and who don't want it to be practiced widely so like that so we have to if it comes to that stage when you know we can have spiritual governments that will be perfect but until then we're not going to sit and cry in the wilderness oh there is no government you know that is supporting spiritual life you know it's just hopeless you know the kaliyuga is so bad there's no point just we would do whatever we want, you know we not we want whatever we are supposed to do whatever prabhupada has given us we can run this krishna consciousness movement even if the government is completely opposed to us you know right so we can still read we can still chant we can still offer we can still have prasadam we can still associate with devotees <coughs> so so we can and and we can still start a center and then move although there is no as explicit support from the government at least they are allowing us in some way, some chi- some countries like china and all that we can't even do anything there at least it's not that bad yet so at least we can do whatever you know is possible we should do and then spread the movement start a temple and then start some programs at least even if there's no temple start a weekly program okay sunday program okay get invite some neighbors or whoever go on the street distribute some pamphlets you know we're having this talk you know some nice food and all that come we'll have some nice singing just invite them you know one or two people come even then is a success prabhupada how did he start 26 second avenue new york you know just 
people just trickling into in, in trickling in into his into his small storefront and that's how he started and we all can do that you know if we take shelter of Prabhupada we can all do that and become successful and we should do that as much as possible and that's why ours is this educational institution spiritual education so the schools won't offer that but we should offer that <clears throat> Bhakti Najanya I am doing tuition for maths but I am interested in solving some problems from integration trigonometry differentiation I am enjoying when I get answer for complicated problems is it passion mode of consciousness uh, yeah looks like next uh, Krishna Smaranam Prabhu since there is no separate ashram for women can she become a guru <laughs> no everybody should become a guru Siksha Guru he should teach. Yara dekha tarekaha Krishna Upadesh. You know, Amara Guru Haya, Amara Agnya Guru Haya Tarayadesh. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave us that, that whether man or woman, we should all become guru in the sense that Shiksha Guru, we should preach, you know, Krishna consciousness, distribute books, that is also guru. Distribute books, that is guru. You know, you are giving him Krishna conscious, right? So that is also guru. And speaking a little bit about Krishna, giving him prasadam, that is also guru. Shiksha Guru. Diksha Guru. Man or woman, both are both are uh, not allowed unless they have uh, authorization from Prabhupada. They are not allowed, and nobody has authorization from Prabhupada. So Prabhupada is the Diksha Guru. He's already given the authorization. So whether man or woman, all bogus in his con. And woman is just becoming the height of that bogusness. Just like the peak is just increasing. That's all. Everything is bogus. It's a mountain of bogusness. But the peak is just like you know increasing in height. That's all. Next, um, Gaurangi Mataji. Prabhu, how will a woman have protection if her husband passes away and does not have any sons? You know, take shelter of, you know, other men, you know, in the family like brother or, you know, other, <coughs> um, or sometimes they go back to their father's home or sometimes with the brothers or, you know, stay with the sister or something, you know, some arrangement can be made, you know, among the family members and like that. This practically something has to be you know, whatever is the situation, somebody can help her out. Not that, you know, she's left, you know, go. No. Somebody should help her out. So, other men, should they should be, you know, willing to give her protection somewhere in the family. There will be some men in the family, right? not that they're all women only. So, someone must take that charge. Sometimes they go back to the parents' house or sometimes it's brothers and sometimes it's brother-in-law or something like that, you know. It can be anything, depending on the situation, individual situation. And practice Krishna consciousness like that, you know. Okay, we have received, I mean, we have reached the end of our session. No more questions. Thank you all for participation. And I really thank all of you who have supported the getting of the new laptop as well. I thank Somagiri Prabhu for the initiative. And also to, who is that? Vanizakshi Mataji and everybody who have started this whole thing and all the devotees who have contributed, I really thank you all on behalf of uh, Sri Radha Madan Mohan and all the Vaishnavas here so that we can use all that you know equipment and Krishna service more and more and we can bring you flawless you know instead of all those you know what the other laptop was doing. In fact, this laptop that I'm using also will go to that same state because it's, it's the same exact same model. It's Prabhu's laptop, but. Uh, yeah, thank you all very much. And actually, um, there is this letter that Nimanita Prabhu, oh no, wow, Nimanita Prabhu is online from all the way from China. Can you imagine that? So he has given a comment here. 
letter to Satsarup. Nimanita Prabhu, by the way, you know, is a master scholar. He's like, I don't know if you have seen that Zakir Naik rebuttal video. It's the most watched video on our, on our channel. It's like 140,000 views, I think now. It's amazing what he put, he put together in that video. And so many other videos, in fact. Even our Ritwik video is done by, uh, where am I showing? Okay, Nimanita Prabhu. The person who you see there, he is the one. So, I am honored that he is in the audience. And he has shared this um, um, very nice quote, letter from Satsurup uh, Goswami by Prabhupada, um, 10th February 1973. First, let us understand that polygamy cannot be permitted in our society. <laughs> Legally, it is impossible and neither are there many of our devotees who are prepared to assume the responsibility for many wives. Therefore, as I have suggested previously, as they do in Christian religion, they have so many convent where the women stay and they receive protection. The point is that the women must be protected and it is the duties of the leaders of our society to see that this is carried out. So, as much as the women you know, should stay, in the Western culture, the family unit, the family connections are not as strong. In India, if women, you know, sometimes like the, the question that was there, which is, you know, what if the husband passes away and she has no son? But in India, the family unit, I mean, the family members usually help her out in some way or the other. So, that is the that is the proper way. But in the West especially, that family kind of bonding is not so much uh, possible. It's not there. So, that's why Prabhupada actually, you know, uh, you know, had some plans. But it's not going to be easy to maintain that, this, this, this ashram that, you know, is talked about. It's going to be a lot of challenges. We have one here. We have one here in this temple in Singapore. Um, it has been a challenge, to say the least. So, it's just the nature of that because it's not the same. Men staying together and women staying together, the chemistry is just different. This is the psychology. So, um, it's an imperfect system, but something that has to be considered if there is, especially in the West when there is no, not much in this thing. Provided, it is manageable by the temple authorities. If first of all, the temple is so you know, just starting out and you know, don't have much funds, they can't really, may, they may not be able to, you know, have all these facilities. But if it's possible, then it's, you know, it's okay, you know, we can have it, but it's not going to be easy. Mm. But the best of all is to, is for the family members to take care of that. It's much more possible in Indian, in Hindu setting, in the family in India. But, yeah, so, depending on the time, place and circumstances, this has to be adjusted. But yes, women must be offered all protection, spiritually and materially, so that, you know, there is a, like in Vrindavan, there is a Vidva Ashram, Ashram for widows. You know, the, you know, the women there, you know, they don't have families, they, don't, they stay there and they do some service in Vrindavan like that. So, there has to be some kind of protection for women like that. Now, it has to be the job of the leaders to do that, <coughs> if it is, if other means are not available. Alright, so thank you very much. Hare Krishna, Bhagavad Gita ki jai, Shula Prabhupada ki jai, Ananda Kodi Vaishnavrind ki jai, Nitai Gaur Primanande, Hari Hari Bol, Hare Krishna.